Welcome to Processing Purpose, a business and lifestyle podcast committed to having honest conversations about the stuff in our lives that is often suppressed, ignored, or overlooked. We are two brothers from very different backgrounds, but with one common goal. From entrepreneurship to relationships, from hobbies to house projects, nothing is off limits as we process becoming the best version of ourselves in business and life. Welcome back to episode nine. It's <laughs> good. It's good. We're gonna. I'm gonna take that, and we're just going to now take the welcome back part, and we're gonna play it in front of all podcasts now. Process welcome back. <laughs> Process that for the next thirty seconds. <laughs> Anyways, we're glad to be back. Uh, very excited to be here uh, with my brother-in-law, Luke. Hey-o. Who's also one of my best friends and uh, partners in life, yeah. partners in crime. Been catching up this morning. There's a lot going on right now. There's a lot going on, and I'm grateful we did. I'm grateful we took the time to to catch up first. Um, what are we talking about today? We are going to cover something that happens to all of us, and it has it's relative, has varying grades of effect, but disruption right? Disruption, distraction, yep. you know, when you get thrown off your game. Is it, is it unavoidable? <laughs> In fact, my first point <laughs> on my notes here is, can you plan or prepare for disruption? I, yes, it's unavoidable. Unavoidable, but can be managed to some degree, right? Um, sure. Meaning there, there are, um, predictable, uh, yeah, there are predictable disruptions that will come down the line that maybe we talked about boundaries mm-hmm. in a previous episode that maybe are due to lack of boundaries, right? Yeah. Um, so we're not putting those walls and guards up around us. And a good example of that for me is just my daily workflow, right? Like we we have an open office, love our office. It's a cute little fun open space for us to collaborate in. But in terms of efficiency, it's really, distract- really distracting to have all that open space. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and so... I could easily change that environment. Now there's pros and cons to that if we change that environment, but I can change that environment to be more effective and more efficient if I wanted to. Sure. So again, some of that stuff you can manage and maybe steer in ways that are more helpful to you. But Luke, I would argue Luke is absolutely right. For the most part, 95% of the disruptions in our life are unavoidable. Well, and here's, here's how I think about it is that, um, from a a planning or preparation standpoint, you can't plan for what the disruption is, but you can plan for disruption. Yeah. In other words, you can have some sort of framework on when it happens, here's how I'm gonna approach it, here's, I mean, even as I say that, I'm thinking about the different types of disruptions that people can have, and sometimes your best laid plans (laughs) get blown up. Well, how much, and let me ask this question for you personally, how much disruption in your life is external versus internal? Give me an example of the difference for all of us. Yeah. So meaning, you know, how much of it is family, kids, uh, putting out fires in your business, this issues come up, your employees behaving badly or mistreating another employee or whatever else versus your own headspace and yeah. you getting in your own way and not doing the work that you've said you're going to do for the day because this, that, and the other thing. Uh, and you all are guilty, myself included of scrolling on Facebook or Instagram during work hours. Can we all admit to that? Not me. I don't do that at all. 
So, so I would say that's an internal issue. That's not an external problem. That's, you know, or disruption. So for you, what does that look like? Yeah, it's, it's both. And I think one leads to the other. Yeah. Like I allow it. Um, yeah, I think that's the right way to say it. I allow it. I shouldn't, but I allow it to an external disruption to create internal disruption. Right. Whether that's guilt or I shouldn't be doing this or I'm having to deal with this again or whatever it might be. For me, one leads to the next. And so it's I, kind of avoidance in a way. Yeah. It's an avoidance. I think so. Thing. Yeah. I think disruption turns to an avoidance of getting back to what needs to be because the energy of the moment is off. Right. Right. So do you um, think that can actually be healthy though? Like taking a break and taking a time out and going, okay, like let's not. Well, look, I mean, I, my, I think my main point for all of this is that you can't fight against it. Right. Like when disruption happens, and, and I think there's different categories of disruption, and I'll talk about that in a second, but resisting it doesn't change the fact that it's still happening. Right. And so, you know, whether there's a rest or a down period or whatever it might be, I think depending on the disruption is going to require, require a, a different response. But you kind of have to give into it. Right. On some level and just recognize that it is happening. And now what are we going to do about it? Right. Or create some, you know, some systems that help prevent it in the future or whatever else. Yeah. Um, yeah. The internal and external conversation, I think for most people would be, you'd have to be very honest with yourself and say how much of this is being created by me versus at me you mm. know, kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and are we in control of the disruption? Because I think, and this was actually, it's interesting that it popped up now just in order of conversation, but I have even what I consider kind of like below the radar disruptions that a lot of people don't even recognize as disruptions. Right. Checking your email. It is an absolute terrible way to keep in the flow and continue down the path that you're on right to pause and take care of something else taking a phone call in the middle of of something checking your email you know anything that is you're in control of right and yet it totally disrupts the flow of what it is that you're trying to accomplish and unless you're a robot you're you're not going to have a 100% execution rate that's just not in my opinion, that's yeah. just not reality, right? You're going to you're gonna have these moments throughout the day where you've disrupted yourself, disrupted others, or you've been disrupted. Um, and just know that that's normal. Like don't don't fight against it in terms of being discouraged about it either, yeah. right? Because it's gonna come, it's gonna happen. How you respond to it is the difference maker for sure. Um, what is one of the biggest disruptions that you're dealing with right now? Ooh. Um I think it's navigating our current economic environment. Okay. Business disruption for me right now. There's there's a lot of movement. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty and unknowns on what's ahead of us in the next three to six to 12 months. 
Um, my industry has evolved dramatically from COVID. And um, I guess if my employees hear this, they're going to find out eventually, you know, that there's an element of, of looking at all this going, are we selling the right product to the right people right now? Sure. And yeah. um, I think that's good leadership to be able to take a step back, look at the whole bird's eye view of your business and pivot and make a decision that's best for the business and the employees of the business. I think that's great leadership. It's necessary, right? Yeah. And the businesses that die are the ones that won't do that. And I recognize that, but that doesn't mean it's not <laughs> totally disruptive. Yeah. Um, There's a, elements of starting over in some ways, right? Oh, which geez. is, which is we've talked through that. There's excitement behind that. But when you've been in the lane long enough, it's less exciting to start over again. It's exciting it, at this stage. It's not exciting. Yeah. It, it, it's ex, it does become exciting when you figure it out. Right. When you're like, oh, that's what we're chasing. Let's go. That becomes exciting. Right. The delta between crap, I got to make a change. And uh, I think I figured something out is excruciating. Right. Because it's full of nothing but unknowns. How long is this going to last? When am I going to figure this out? What needs to change so that this works? Right. There's a lot of like questioning yourself. There's a lot of self-doubt. There's a lot of, there's, it's just uncomfortable period of time between the recognition of things need to change and the, I've got it figured this out and we're moving forward. Right. I don't like that period. No. And the, and the truth is, is as entrepreneurs, we're always kind of what I call building a bench, <laughs> meaning with ideas and plans and strategies yes. and all that kind of stuff. And so it's a little bit, um, Ooh, that'd make a good podcast episode. Yeah. Like build your bench, build your bench. Yeah. Always be thinking ahead, right. In terms of employment, I'm gonna make a note of that right now. Sales associates, strategies, concepts, systems, always be thinking ahead. Right. Um, I had a conversation a long time ago. I was trying to develop a little, uh, tech product with a few buddies. And I talked to a vice president at Oracle and he was really insightful and said, look, Gavin, I love this idea, but you need to start thinking about version 6.0 as you're developing version 1.0. Mm. And I thought, Whoa, that totally blew my mind, especially in the tech space. Um, but he's right. He's totally right. And so always thinking ahead is really, really important. Um, I think I totally rabbit trailed enough to where I lost my train of thought. That's there, okay. But... What, what disruption, what are you dealing with right now? That's, that's disruptive. Yeah, we talked about it, but for obvious, um, uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, the market, the market yeah. has shifted pretty hard. Now there's still activity going on. So I don't want to, uh, be that Armageddon guy that says everything's no. gone sideways. It has not realism. In fact, uh, another positive disruption today was uh, a huge drop in interest rates, which should spike some activity. And we'll get to work on that, right? So I actually just sent out a message to my entire team today. Say, hey, get the word out to all of your buyers who have been sitting on the fence. The time to lock that rate is right, right now. now. They got to yeah. do it now. And so um, so anyways, we're working through some of that. But uh, it's disruptive, right? When you go from you know writing and facilitating 20 plus offers per home uh, for each client to next to nothing it's it's interesting feeling yeah um you go from feeling like you're the king of the world to feeling like uh, now i'm bootstrapping again now mm -hmm. i'm you know scraping to get to to get back to where i want to be but that's part of it right and we talked through that a little bit too sometimes those disruptions put you in a place as an entrepreneur where 
You just simply have to get back to what's necessary, right? It's no longer about um, doing the next thing. It's about doing what is right in front of you over and over and over again until you become successful at it again. Yeah. Um, So that's where we're at. We're in that kind of same position where it kind of feels not icky, but sticky. I guess mm. is a better word to say. It just feels sticky. It's kinda uncomfortable. Like, yeah, you just kind of like, ah, I want to bust out of this, you know? Um, but I also, I'm really encouraged in that, like you like you mentioned in our conversation earlier, that a lot of these hardships, these, these uncomfortable moments actually start to mold us like clay. They start to reshape how we think about and perceive the world. And on the other end of that, for myself, I'll speak for myself, a lot of... Uh, amazing things came from those moments throughout my life. Uh, I didn't see them in that moment. I felt very, you know, scared, dark, freaked out, just like anybody else would. But on the other end of it, I look back and go, whoa, that was so shaping for me Mm. to become who I am now. And so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what this season creates in us. Yeah, there's an element of surrender that comes along with it, right? That's just like, you know, Pain, disruption is an unavoidable part of life, but this too shall pass. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I was, I was thinking back to my days at degree 33 when, when we would feel like the sky is falling, right? Right. Something would happen and you feel like the sky is falling and shoulders are hanging. Are we going to make it through this? Mm -hmm. And the, the almost comical part of it now is once once you have enough of a historical arc, you realize that that's in 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 the case that I'm specifically thinking about right now, it was seasonality, right? You know, uh, we would come out of as you can picture, you know, uh, a surfboard brand that uh, sells a lot during holiday season because people are buying them for gifts, and we would come out of November and December, which would be our largest months of the year into January and it would be flat goose eggs, not literally, but nearly. And you're like the first few times you go through this, it's like, is this, is this how it ends? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like, Oh my gosh, what's going on. And once you get five years in, you realize that's not a disruption. That's just a cycle. And there's some of that probably going on right now. Right. Where, I don't have a long enough historical view for my particular business. And yet at the same time, I recognize that COVID created a new cycle that we can't really know. But, you know, that's your business is very cyclical. It is. And I think this is a great opportunity just to to tell our listeners, listen, if you're if you're in year two, three, four of your business and you're experiencing a lot of success, you're putting cash in the bank, I love that. Keep going, stay excited. However, do not completely change your lifestyle so quickly. Yet, yeah. Right? You're you're gonna go through a cycle, put some of those eggs in a basket, put it away, make sure you have runway for the future. Uh, I'm just so shocked at how many businesses I've watched completely plummet in one to two months of no revenue. And I thought, whoa, you're on that thin of a margin, you know, like you got to have some pad to make sure that you have something to fall back on in in a a cycle like this. Um, And I'm grateful we have, and we've put money in investments and put them away in in places that we can grab it back out if we need it. 
but uh, but we've we very easily could have not done that um, yeah. had we not had the right coaching and counsel along the way. So good reminder to all you guys: put some of those eggs away. You know, and we're talking about business ref- disruptions, mm-hmm. but disruptions happen at every level for oh, yeah. every person in every capacity. You know, whether that's a minor disruption for the day where you get a phone call from the school and your kid's sick. Right. Right. And you had plans this afternoon or whatever. And guess what? It doesn't matter. Right. You're dropping what you were doing and you're going to pick up your kid and you're canceling your plans. It's disruptive. We recognize that as a parent, that's going to be part of the equation. Oh, man. It, it just like happens. every five minutes. But that doesn't make it less disruptive. No. It still derails whatever you were going to do that day. Right. And maybe for that week, depending on the sickness, right? There's medium disruptions, like a car wreck. You that's know, a pretty big disruption. Well, medium disruption, that's huge. That's a, It can be. Yeah. It, but it, I mean, there's a lot bigger disruptions. Yeah. You know, that's... Death, right? Death. Things, things like that. Major right? disruptions, like a death in the family. That's potentially life-altering right. disruption, where nothing is the same again. And Luke's been through that. I think everybody on some level has experienced that. Yours was pretty dramatic though. Uh, you don't necessarily need to go to the details of that, but, yeah. but it does, it does. It really, would you say it, it shifted your perspective in a lot of ways? Yeah. I mean, to, to add a little bit of context and, you know, maybe there'll be a time where we go into further detail, but, um, uh, a year ago, so we're about a year and a half in. So it would have been, um, the end of September, 1st of October of 21, my brother-in-law was brutally murdered in the most heinous and ugly way that you can imagine. It was awful. And um, something like that throws your family into a proverbial tailspin where it doesn't matter what was on your calendar. I mean, some of this stuff's going to be very obvious, but it doesn't matter what was on your calendar. It doesn't matter what you were doing this afternoon. Everything comes to an abrupt halt and you pivot. Mm-hmm. And from the moment that we found out, you know, that evening we were already, you know, it takes a little bit to get some organization to get somebody to watch the kids and things like that. But everything changed in a moment and we were transit, you know, in, in movement to go be with my sister. And, um, and then for the next 10 to 14 days it was all that mattered did you find that during that time of major disruption i mean there there are many more words we can throw on top of that but let's just use that because that's our topic for today did you find that it was actually better to have more distraction during that disruption or no while you were processing all that i think there for us there needed to be a balance of both Hmm. the 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 downside with with ongoing distraction is that you don't leave yourself the space to process what's actually going on sure and that's the way a lot of people handle pain Mm -hmm. is they it's uncomfortable and they don't want to feel it and they distract themselves right they pour themselves into work they pour themselves into their church they pour themselves into the bottle (laughs) right (laughs) whatever it might be and and I, I don't think that, you know, any one of those things are necessarily wrong, e- even including drinking to escape at the moment. Like, I, 
I get it. Yeah. No judgment at all. Yeah. But you can't stay there because otherwise you just numb it and you don't deal with it. And so while yes, distraction 100% helped, you know, whether that was having to plan something or prepare something or just a bunch of people coming over in the evening and telling stories and laughing and drinking together for an evening, such a healthy distraction. Right. But also those quiet moments when you're by yourself, um, as hard and as painful as they were, you can't avoid those. You got to deal with that too. And so major disruptions like that can totally change. I mean, gosh, if we look back over the episodes that we've had, as far as getting in a funk, getting out of a funk and changing priorities. Right. I mean, those are game changing moments where everything in your life will never be the same. And that can be a good thing too. Right. Right. There's an element of, what was the name of that movie? It was a Will Smith movie, Collateral Beauty. Oh, never seen that. It's a bit of an obscure movie, um, but the concept was pain can create a beauty if you allow it. Mm. There's there's good that can come out of it. There's a silver lining that can come out of it, but you have to be looking for it. Right. Right. And there's a collateral collateral beauty instead of collateral damage. Oh, I get that. A collateral okay. beauty cool. that can come out of it. And it a really cool concept. And the movie was was okay. Um, I loved the, the, the script or the, 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 the thesis of the movie. I loved the execution of it was all right, but, um, <laughs> but I love the concept is that there's, there's beauty that comes out of it. And so in those moments, yeah, I've mentioned this all already, it, everything in you wants to resist it. Like this can't be happening. Right. So then would it be safe to define distraction as something you allow in versus disruption, something that just happens regardless, like Mm. just an external force that happens to you, around you, but distraction is kind of because of you, right? That's an interesting thought. I I mean, to some degree. Sure. Like I, you could probably characterize it that way. Yeah. I mean, I rarely do I say, you know, when I'm looking at Instagram that I got disrupted today. Right. I got distracted today. <laughs> yeah, right, right? right. It's a, it's a, it's a, I did this to myself. Yeah. You know, part of, part of it. So, and I define that only because, you know, and, and I didn't mean to, if you want to share more about, um, your largest disruption uh, over the last few years, uh, keep going on that. But, um, but disruption is not, that's where I was going to go is disruption is not always a bad thing. Right. Mm. You just made, you just alluded to that, that at times, if you look for it, that beauty is there in that disruption, whatever it might be. But sometimes disruption is something really good happening and it completely takes you off course. What you were, you know, you were focused on before. Yeah. Um, and those things can be, uh, just as disruptive as something very negative happening too. I mean, well, I mean, we could, we could take a different pivot on disruption and, entirely and say that some of the most successful businesses on the planet are disruptive. Yeah. Right. right? They, they take the status quo and they blow it up. Right. That's why degree 33 worked. Right. Is because we went direct to the consumer bypassing the shop and we totally disrupted distribution. Right. And so when that happens to you, if you're the shop, 
you you can you can be angry and you can resist it or you can look for the opportunity to work within it and through it and how does this need to change what i do right which needs to be a factor like when we talk about planning and preparing for disruption i think part of that conversation needs to be what do i take from this right what have we learned yeah, yeah. what what is this what's the story that this is telling me what's what am i supposed to learn from this why did this disrupt me right you know and some of them are going to be more obvious than others but you know why was this such a massive disruption and is there an opportunity in here for me to improve or to do something different on a personal level or on a business level or once you argue there's always an opportunity yeah sure just depends on how you get after it yeah i think we can i think we're we're prone to coasting on some level i mean maybe not everybody i know i am a little bit though yeah i call myself ambitiously lazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah but looking for ways i work hard so they don't have to work (laughs) but you're a like i mentioned before you're a systems guy yeah so you look to automate your life that most people would say that's the epitome of efficiency, right? Sure. Is getting things to a point where you don't have to work your butt off. Like Gary Keller says, if you don't have a house cleaner, you are the house cleaner. Yeah. If you don't have a landscaper, you are the landscaper. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, and then we'll think about just things that we don't even think about on a regular basis, like our children, right? Our, my children, my four beautiful, amazing children whom I love and I would never change anything for the world were the biggest disruptions in my life for sure. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. In a good way, right? Having like kids look, is a massive disruptor. Huge disruption to your lifestyle. And, and everybody that's a parent is going to laugh right now at any of that because you guys are probably feeling the same way. But, of course, you wouldn't change any of that. And it's the best thing that ever happened to you. Same with fly yeah. fishing for me, right? I always, I always joke when I take people out. Um, if they really start to like it, I look at them and I smile and I say... Uh, you're welcome, and I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, because this is going to take you down a rabbit hole and disrupt your life in a really big way. Look at my life. Yeah. My life has been completely disrupted by fly fishing activities yeah. uh, for for all good reasons, you know. Um, so, again, disruptions can be a really, really good thing, too. I don't want to necessarily make it sound like doom and gloom and all these disruptions are bad. Sometimes they're not. But they can be bad if you allow them to completely overrun your life, too. Yeah, I, I- you just have to recognize, I think, that there's going to be a change in pattern when there's disruption. Yeah. Right? That could be the afternoon, the week, the year, your life, like depending on the grade of disruption, right? But things are going to be different now. And I no longer go to work with a list of things to do. I typically have one to three things that I need to get done for the day that I focus on that are highest priority. And if I get to the other things, great. But if I don't, that's okay too. But the reason for that is because everything is so disruptive throughout the day, especially in an open office like that, that I just have to stay focused on the three, at most, the three main concepts for the day and then build around that. Yeah, I don't know I, if that's helpful to you guys, but that's what I do. Oh, gosh. I'm going to see if I can pull it up here real quick. Um, and I don't want to just take up audio space while I search for it, but there was, uh, there was something that was shared with our mastermind group here the other day. Uh, we have a Slack channel that we're all, that we all toss stuff in resources, things like that. Um, but it was along those lines of, um, 
how you approach your productivity for the day and um yeah deciding the day before what the three things are that need to be done tomorrow and redoing that and you don't get to number two unless number number one's done correct yep and uh and that's okay if you don't get to number two because number one you decided the day before that it was the most important and the reason for that is we all not we all but most of us tend to do the easy things first Right. So we have a list of things to do, right. we knock out the easy stuff. And then at the end of the day, we realize, oh, we just knocked out a bunch of easy stuff. We didn't do the hard thing that we actually needed. That to actually needed to be done. Yeah. Super duper important. Yeah. To prior set. Make that your big rock. Hail. Yep. Circling back. Totally. Um, what else on disruptions? Do you, um, do you find that you're consistently talking to your coach about disruptions? Mm. Do you feel like that's disrupting your conversations with your coach at times? I'm not sure that I would would necessarily categorize it that way, although I spend a fair bit of time talking with my coach about how to stay in the flow, okay, how to stay productive, how to work optimally. Um, and part of that equation is limiting disruptions. Right. You know, um, here we are. We're in a spare bedroom, right, at my house which is also my office. Right. And that's not incredibly conducive to not having disruptions when you work from home. Right. Right. I mean, literally at any point I could have a toddler running through this door and ask me to get them some Cheerios and it would disrupt the podcast. (laughs) Right. Right. But that, that can happen at any point. So I think that there's an element of, of this all that, you know, when we talk about planning and preparing, like, are there, you're not going to be able to avoid them, but are there things that you can do to stack the deck in your favor? So if we, if we come back to like what I called unconscious disruptions, like the stuff that you don't really think about, like checking your email, have you turned off email notifications on your laptop? Right. So that every single time an email comes in is not pinging on your desktop. Right. And have you closed the app? Is the app closed on your desktop and right. you've designated times when you're going to open it and read it first thing in the morning, last thing at night, right? Or whatever it is for you. Right. And I can hear people saying, oh, well, you know, there'd be people that need to get that need need me to get back to them in the middle of the day. Yeah. And they'll figure it out. What happens is, uh, and I don't do this well, so I'm not speaking at this from a from a, a standpoint of like, here's what I've done. What I've seen people do, though, is even put auto replies in to their email client so that when an email comes in, they go, hey, thanks for the email. Just want you to know I check my email twice a day. I check it at 8 a.m. I check it at 5 p.m. If this is something urgent, then you're going to need to call me, send me a text or something like that. Guess what? They won't do it most of the time because it's not as urgent as they feel in their mind it is. I, every time I've seen those auto replies, which actually isn't often, I'm actually surprised that we don't see it more and more. Yeah. And that's a good reminder. That's something I should probably do. Um, I always respect it. Yeah. I always read that and go, yeah, that's actually pretty efficient. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's a great tip. That's a great but I think tip. that that you can, you can then parlay that into all your different platforms where you get messages. Yeah. Right. True. Facebook messenger, Instagram, TikTok, email, text, phone calls, like all of it. Right. You could create a framework around how you consume those pieces. 
you can also, you know, unless you're in, in a situation like Luke, where you're working from a home office, many times you changing the environment. Yeah. Just simply changing your environment to where you don't have scenarios where a kid's going to come running through the door. If that becomes an issue for you, right? Sure. If that's consistently disruptive. Okay. Let's change the environment. Let's put ourselves in a, in a better place to where we can get these things done. Focus, focus has been, or lack of focus, I should say, has been a human issue since the onset of time. Yeah. That, this has been a conversation. Uh, doctors, scientists, people have been trying to find formulas to help people focus better for hundreds of years. It's in record. Yeah. Uh, so this is not new to anybody, but um, you can change your environment for sure. That, that'll help. Yeah. I mean, I, disruptions are going to happen. Yeah. And... You know, I think there'll be times where the disruptions provide opportunities and there's going to be times when disruptions are just disruptive. Right. And there's just, there's nothing that you can really learn from that. You just have to deal with it. Do you take breaks throughout the day? I do. How often? So I, I set my day up. I find that I can work really well for about well no longer than three hours wow that's pretty good so it's actually pretty focused um i i i so what the way i work my day is i go nine to noon and then i take two hours off oh nice so i go i go nine to noon uh and i take care of all my creative stuff anything that needs maximum brain power um maximum amount of problem solving um, I put in the morning when I'm the freshest, when I'm the sharpest, when I have the most capacity. That's why we're doing the podcast now. <laughs> um, and then from noon to two, I eat lunch, go to the gym and I mix it up and I change my day. And then I'm back in the office at two and I work till five thirty. Okay. Uh, somewhere in there. Some days it's six, some days it's five, but I try and, and work till till 5.30. And so I, I put three and a half hours in the afternoon, but it's it's a different three and a half hours. It's where I have meetings, um, you know, if I, if I can. And get, I don't like doing meetings in the morning, but, sure. you know, depending on time zone, it's required. But I yeah. try and put my meetings in the afternoon. Um, that's where I'll handle uh, my email, my reactive stuff, stuff where people need something from me is where I'll, ha I'll handle it in the afternoon and, and fill my afternoon and not so much mental intensive stuff. Um, Dude, and, anything at night or no, never? No, typically I don't. Um, you know, I, I try and take then from 5.30 to 7.30 and spend that with the family and the kids. Um, dinner, reading with the kids, you know, maybe watching a show, whatever that might be. That's my, that's my spending time with the kids. And then 7.30 to 9.30 is with Holly. Um, and we get some time together in, in the evening. I try and be in bed by nine thirty. Yeah, that's yep. Pretty good, pretty good flow. Um, yeah, that's pretty consistent to what, or comparable to what we do. Yeah. Too. Um, I'm going to bed earlier and earlier <laughs> as I get older, and I'm loving it. I do going to bed at like even if I can go to bed at eight thirty now, give it to me. I'm well, loving it. Daylight savings was yesterday, right? And we all, oh, I, I'll speak for myself. I went to bed an hour earlier, even though on the clock, yeah. It was 10 p.m. I was like, oh, it's nine o'clock. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I was yeah, I was tired too. But um, well, that that's good. That's good to hear that that you take consistent breaks, especially that two hour window in the middle of the day. I really like that. I was actually thinking to myself, I've never done this. Uh, I was thinking about this before we even met today. Was um, 
trying out a concept of work for an hour because my brain is a little bit more all over the place. Mm -hmm. So work for an hour, focus as I can be, and then do a lap around the office. So do a, a block walk, go back, do another hour, walk around the Love office. that. Try a walk around the block every single hour of my workday just to see how it goes. It's been shown, I don't know, I may have just made this up that it's been shown. Um, I, I think there's studies out there. Um, I said that and then I went, well, come on. That might be a reach to say, it's been proven. If it sounds good, accept it as truth. If you say it with confidence, everybody believes it. Um, but I know, for example, like Steve Jobs, he only did meetings walking. Oh. Um, and so uh, I know that for myself, I there's got to be some sort of connection to the way my brain works when I'm moving. Like if I take a sales call, I'm a, I pace. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like Big I'm, time. I'm on my feet. I walk back and forth in this. I'll, I'll literally do a, a horseshoe back and forth right. and I just pace as I'm talking. Um, and so, uh, if I could take meetings on the go and walk, I think I would be, that would be my preference. So I actually really like that. Cause you change, you change your posture, you change your state, you get outside and you allow your brain to work in a different, different way. Totally. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, and then in terms of, uh, disruption, I'm trying to keep it within yeah. theme here. It's easy to go in different directions. I'm just, I'm just curious. I know everyone's different, but when you take those calls, are you, do you feel like you're more effective when you're uh, isolated and talking to that person privately or in front of a lot of people? They've, and the reason I ask is, being in sales, being in real estate, they've trained us to have those conversations around other people. Things are going to be disruptive. Things are going to be distracting. You got to learn how to stay focused, stay with the client, get them the information they need. I've always hated that. I've never liked that. I love to be in a corner, you know, or a, a space by myself, walking around, pacing. Uh, I only say that because do you do you do that to avoid disruption, or are you like, no, nah, it doesn't matter to me if people are around? I think it's very personal. Uh, in the way that you way that you perceive it. I mean, I used to run a boiler room for a tech company, um, you know, pre-entrepreneur days. And, um, you know, I had 30 sales reps that were in uh, cube land. And the, the people on the phone having sales conversation creates an energy that's contagious. And so that's why they do that Sure, is because it creates an environment where all well, stuff's happening. People are closing sales. Sales conversations are happening. I better get, after I better get after this sure. and I want to be a part of this. You can kind of get caught up in it. Sure. In those environments, it's a lot of fun. If it's just distraction, you know, I'm in a, a noisy place. Like if I tried to do a sales call in a restaurant, right? As random as that sounds like that's not helpful. But if I'm, if there's almost a show about it, like I'm the guy on the sales call, I'm closing this deal. Like I remember I, I was in sales in that organization for a little bit before they put me ahead of the, or, uh, of that department. And I used to stand up above my cube. I would raise my voice. I was the loudest sucker in there. I had people around me frustrated but I also set sales records and lifted, lifted the whole room because they're like, this guy's doing deals. And, and that's what people are going to look up to. It's like the Wolf of Wall Street, right? Yeah. Phones aren't going to dial themselves. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And so I think, I think depending on 
what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Right. Like if you're trying to have a conversation, it's a serious conversation, find a quiet, quiet spot. If it's, if it's a room of salespeople, like stick with the energy, go with the energy. And so I think, I, I think it just de- depends on what you're trying to accomplish. So at the end of the day, really distraction versus disruption, it's really knowing your environment, understanding yeah. your environment, understanding what's affecting the environment and making a choice that's best for you Yeah. to be most effective. Yeah. Not resisting it. Yeah. Recognizing it's going to happen. Do your best, talking to myself here, to not let it throw your mental game off. Sure. Right? Recognize, accept it, breathe through it. Like, all right, this is today's reality. Right. And not let it spiral you into a funk. Right. Where you feel, you know, loathful for a couple of days because of whatever it was that disrupted you i mean you can you can make a disruption a whole lot worse if you carry it but again right have your one to three big rocks laid out the night before right that's going to help dissolve any disruptions or just give you more tolerance to absorb those disruptions throughout the day because you can get right back to what your three priorities are your one or two priorities are makes it so much more manageable when you do that um so yeah just a reminder that's a good that's a good point there something that popped into my mind too is sometimes the disruption's coming right you know it's coming and and often disruptions are uh involuntary and kind of random but sometimes you're like no i know i'm gonna get derailed here in a little bit i can i can hear the kids crying downstairs and someone's about to come upstairs and disrupt me and i will effort in whatever it is that i'm working on to stop at a point where it's going to be easier for me to pick it up sure there you go. Right. So, you know, finishing this sentence, finishing this thought, right. If I'm writing an email, whatever it might be, if you can, if you can see it coming, creating the opportunity so that spinning back up is easier, I think would be, would be really helpful if you can do it. It's rarely is that going to be yeah. what you can do, but if you can finding a spot where you can easily set it down and pick it back up, yeah. So that you're not trying to go, okay, now where was I? <laughs> right. And spend 30 minutes trying to figure out what you were trying to say or accomplish. Right. It's terrible. Yeah. And also you're, you know, you're, you'll hear us talk about it a lot, but just have your anchor, right? Know your anchor, know what that is, know what that, that why is mm. to make sure that, you know, the, the one to three priorities will get you through your day. The anchor will get you through the year, the five years, the 10 years, right? That, that that core uh, reason you're doing any of this, right? And those could be core reasons, but I'd dial them down to one to three really, really, really intense, strong things that you're you're wanting to accomplish for yourself, for your family, for your future, for your business, and leave it at that, right? Um, But make sure that you're checking into those things once in a while. That's the only way I feel like you can get through the emotional ups and downs. Yeah. Really. Well, perspective matters. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, a good question to just kind of to sit with is what's really important, you know, is it really important at this moment that I focus on sending this email or is it really important that I focus on my five-year-old who came through in tears? Right. What's really important. Right. Right. And that, that comes back to big rocks and making those decisions in advance. Um, I think that that's critical to being able to do that, but you know, when uh, I tell you what, when you have a major disruption, like a death in the family, what's really important 
becomes really clear really fast right. and the rest becomes it could go up in smoke yeah. like in, in all honesty you're like i don't even care what happens to it this is where i need to be and that's important to be able to keep that perspective otherwise you end up fighting an internal battle of i should be doing that but this is where i gotta be and right you know will you share that uh I don't know if you already did. You already share the sailing, or was that before we recorded? That was before we were recording. Yeah, yeah share the, share that uh, because I think that's totally relevant to what we're talking about right now in terms of optimism versus pessimism versus being a realist. Yeah, so it was a meme, is all it was really. And I saw it the other day, and it said, you know, the pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist believes it's going to change, and the realist, or in this category, a true leader adjust the sails to where the wind is at. <laughs> right, right. Right? Yeah. You know, it's it's putting yourself in a position to take advantage of what's in front of you. Right. Disruptions and all. Right. You know, and that means that you may have to take your laptop with you. Right. Right? Right. You know, even, even when I was heading off to spend what ended up being a couple of weeks with my sister, I had my laptop with me. I, I didn't pull it out. Yeah. Thank God I didn't have to. But I was prepared to, because there could have been a fire that was necessary. Yeah, and they're they're often oftentimes disruptions turn into sacrifices, mm -hmm. right? We have to another episode. There you go. Right, oh, that was the last one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um. And so, yeah. I mean, yeah. You you can you can turn those disruptions into positive sacrifices and move the ball forward. But you have to do something about it. Is the point, right? You can hope for it. You can bitch about it. Whine about it. Or you can do something about it. Accept right? it and look to work through it. Look for opportunities to get through it and yep. make the best of it. You know, um, right. you and I are both, you know, people of faith. And, you know, the word says that God makes all things work together for good. That, that doesn't mean that it's all good, right? What's happening to you doesn't necessarily have to be good. But it, the word does say that it will work together for good if you allow it to if you look for yep. it to if you believe that it will and i mentioned this before but i really believe this that faith and a positive outlook can get you through just about anything mm -hmm. now do you have to be a realist and get after it yeah you do mm -hmm. for sure but you got to keep a positive outlook on what you're doing every day right mm -hmm. if not then you're, you don't believe you're doing great work and that's yeah. a problem so yeah. yeah these disruptions can either be bad they can be really good you can turn them into good um, you can allow them to become bad, but entirely up to you every yeah. single time. Entirely up to you. I mean, what's it's so cliche, but it, it it is, right? You can't control what happens to you. You can only control how you respond. Yeah, true. And cliches are cliches for a reason because it's truth. Yeah. And disruption's going to happen. You can't control it, but you can control how you respond to it. And, and a reminder too, for those of you that don't believe it, all of your employees and everyone that follows you is watching you very closely and watching how you respond You bet to that issue. Um, very important that you think through that. Yeah, 100%. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think we could continue to, to talk about it, but I don't... I, I think we've I'm covered sure what a you lot add, of good stuff. Right? Yeah, I don't know what you add to this. Covered a lot um, of good stuff. Yep. You Any know, finishing thoughts there? It's going to happen... Don't fight it. Yeah. Work through it. Look for the opportunity that comes out of it. This too shall pass. Yep.
And I, I think I said it last episode too, but I'll say it again. You'll hear me say it a lot because I use it. I believe in it. But Tony Robbins says, stop being scared of what could go wrong. Start getting excited about what could go right. Mm. That's that's one that pushes me through a lot of those feelings. Yeah. 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 And what was the other? What was it you that said it? Like, uh, don't complain about the darkness. Light a candle. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Light a candle. Be the solution. Don't yeah. just look for a solution. Be the solution. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Cool. All right. It's good. We out. Wrap Let's it up. Go from there. Okay. Later, guys. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Processing Purpose. We hope you grabbed a few gold nuggets to take one step forward in your journey of life and business. Please remember to like and subscribe our channel if you'd like to get more content to help you build and grow everything around you. Make today your best day. Today is day one.